Well, welcome back to Two Pastors in a Mic. My name is Shanik. And I'm Corey. And we just want to say thank you for joining us this week. We really appreciate you coming back every single week to listen to what we have to say. Also, we would love it if you would leave a review, if you haven't already, and we would love if you would share on socials when you see the post on our podcast. We would love for your friends to join yeah, us as well. Absolutely. This week's question of the week. The question of the week is, what is a gift you would like to receive from someone? Yeah, and I got asked this question recently because it was my birthday a couple of weeks ago. And if you were ever going to buy me a gift, maybe out of the blue or maybe for a special occasion. So are we fishing right now? I'm not fishing, no. Okay, good. Because my birthday's passed. Okay. But if you were to get me a gift, I don't even know if I should share this on the podcast. It's okay. I like Nike shoes, size nine and a half or 10. I can come in on any of that. I like the Nike retro Jordan 1s or the Air Max 270s or Air Max 90s. Love those shoes. Any of those shoes, flavor for colors. Why couldn't you say that on the podcast? Not that. Either Nike shoes or <laughs> bottles of bourbon. I love having a, I have a nice little display, collecting, getting some so collections up. collecting bourbon now. I'm collecting bourbon these days. I love different styles. If you got a great one, buy me one. What's hey. your like highest class bourbon you have? Highest class bourbon right now? Oh my goodness. I have a, I have a bottle of IW Harper 15 year. Nice bottle. It's super rare. It's like a hundred bucks. Uh, it's about a hundred bucks. Yeah, I got it for less than that. But yeah, um, I have a bottle of Blanton's, which obviously is just ridiculously high marked right now. So I don't consider that like high end. Gotcha. Bourbon, even though, even though I like it, I've been looking for a Weller twelve year and or a Weller Antique one hundred seven, which is the red label. So yeah. Gotcha, man. I just can't do bourbon. I've really tried to enjoy can. it. I've tried to just sip it so that I can acquire a taste, but I just, I can't go there. I, I just can't do it for That's whatever okay. reason. But honestly, for me, and this is going to sound crazy, but here's at the end of the day, if I want something, I'm just going to go buy it. Right. So if people that shop for me say I'm like the hardest dude to shop for, because I don't even know what to tell people. But since you asked the question, honestly, if people got things for my wife or my kids, that actually blesses me more than anything. So I don't know if that's a cop-out answer or not, but man, someone shows up to my house and gives a gift to my wife on my behalf, man, that would be incredible. Is that for brownie points? Is that no, not brownie points. It's just, so that I don't you know. you don't have to spend the money? See it, maybe. <laughs> but seeing them happy makes me happy, and that's Aww, the greatest gift What a of guy. All. Does Mel listen? I don't know if she does or not. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> I love it. I know when people ask me like, hey, what does Pastor Shanik want for Christmas or whatnot? I'm always like, Amazon gift cards. It's the yeah, easiest thing. We always is. are all on Amazon. Yep. Cop out. Love it. So this is week two, part two of things Christians should stop saying. What is part two? Yeah. So we as Christians should stop saying, I feel God calling me. I feel God. Right? God said to me, me, God told me, God called me in whatever situation you want to put that in. But why do we not like that? Why are we telling Christians to stop saying that? Uh, for multiple reasons. But usually this is said as like a trump card that your decision or whatever it is you're labeling, oh, God called me here, can't be refuted or can't be challenged. Or I hear, we hear it all the time in theological arguments. Well, God told me this in my quiet time, or God, God called me to this 
specific platform or and whatever it is that people right. use this for multiple different phrases. So maybe it is just a, a right. And we also don't like it because it is definitely something that people, when they say it, they close themselves off to hearing any kind of wisdom, any kind of advice, right? And scripture tells us there's wisdom or safety in a multitude of counselors. But when someone comes to me and they're thinking through a decision and they pull out the God card and say, well, I just feel God calling me to do this. That's it. You can't really say anything to it. You can't speak against it. You can't challenge or really push back against it because in their mind, it was God who said it and God told them, God called them. And then that's it. At the end of the day, that's all they go off of. Yeah. And yeah. Well, maybe we can do a better job of explaining some of our personal experiences right, and, right. and why this. And okay, our world is church world. We're pastors. And my personal pet peeve, again, of, of sometimes in pastoral ministry, especially in the student ministry world, your typical youth pastor stays at a singular singular church for anywhere between 18 and 24 months. That's like national average. And what happens in the Christian culture is youth pastors are one of two things. They're either stepping stones to get you to the lead pastor job, or it's stepping stone to get you to the bigger and better platform that you think is bigger and better because of social media or whatever, whatever church you're following, or, oh man, I wish I could work at this church. Right. And you say a popular church that everyone knows that's in the church world. And so who knows, you might get that opportunity and be like, oh, God called me to this place. And I don't personally believe that God calls you in those types of way. I believe that God calls us to love, whether you have another opportunity or not, or whether you go on to another church or not. I don't necessarily believe that that's God's calling as much as it is, is just opportunities. Or let's just call it what it is. You right. had frustrations or, yeah. or didn't like the church leadership or, okay, let's get out of the church world. You don't like your job. You don't like your boss and you have a lot of frustrations or I would do it this way. And so you start job searching and you might label it, oh, this opportunity came up and I took it. And you know, Oh, God called me to this. No, 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 he didn't. God calls you to love. God calls you to be a blessing to other people around you. And so many times we preface with this God called card, if we call it that. And it, that's not really necessarily the details, whether it's frustrations or possibilities, or you just need to change. Those aren't bad things to leave a job for. Right. But when you label it as, oh, God's calling me onto this, well, is he really? Yeah. And I think part of the reason people say it is, again, it's that idea of like, I won't say running away, but shying away from any type of confrontation, or maybe they feel like they are fragilizing another person and we'll talk about fragilizing maybe on another episode but it's when you think the person might break and fall apart if you tell them bad news or whatever you're mm -hmm. frustrated with and so you don't say it but i've had many people come to me that we met needs in certain seasons of their life and they've come and they've said you know i just feel like god's calling us to to, to maybe leave and, and be a part of another church <laughs> and i always say well the great man like it's all one church yeah you know but i would rather hear their frustration of why they're leaving yeah it's and never, so that way it's advice that. it's feedback it's you know maybe something we have done wrong or maybe it's something you know if this is where your stance is and maybe i can just give clarity to it and let you know that this is where i'm standing on it and i'm not going to change and you're not going to change and that's fine we can still love each other and you can move on and find another place for you and your family to plug into. But don't just come and say, you know, oh. man, Shannon, God's just calling me to, to to be a part of another church. Yeah, I, we're, that doesn't we're, happen. We're that doesn't happen. You you are leaving because of 
And sometimes your your reasons are valid, a, a right. frustration or something that you don't like in the leadership, which is okay to leave. Or maybe right. they have a better children's program and you want your kids to get plugged in. That's a fine reason. Right. Say maybe your friends things. are somewhere else and yeah. you just want to be where your close friends are and your close circle is and that's what you want to do. Or that's maybe okay. you want to meet new people. That's fine. But don't use the God called me card or God's calling my family elsewhere when it that's not the real reason. There are underlining issues going on in your life and for the most part, they're valid. Well, let's t have a conversation about that because then instead of somebody getting butt hurt because you weren't honest about the real reasons for why you wanted to move on with your life and contemplating, well, I wonder why they left or I wonder why they chose to do this. We could have a real conversation so that no one's thinking about it 20 months later. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so just start saying what you should be saying is, man, there's just this opportunity that I want to take. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have two examples. I, we, we have uh, two people, friends that have left recently. And they are not guilty of using this phrase, but I noticed that on their social platforms, social media platforms, when they posted about the different places that they were going for different, completely different reasons for why they left, both valid, both necessary, both encouraged by us, I would see people's comments. Again, this wasn't the person leaving that said this, but people would see the opportunity or see where they're going and be like, oh man, I'm so glad God is calling you to another ministry. I'm so glad that God is calling you to this incredible opportunity. I'm like, man, they, the people that even posted it would say, actually, God's not calling me there because I'm a called human being to every single person I meet. I'm called to love no matter where I'm at. I had an opportunity, right? It was great for our family. It was great for our finances. We took it. And, and we knew that conversation going forward, but to hear Christians comment and post without even knowing any of the details. Oh, I'm so proud of you that you're following God's calling. What bull crap is that? You have no idea. You have no idea if they're leaving because there was actually like a moral failure to some degree. You know, like I see it all the time in the church world is right. guys hopping from one church to another. And honestly, I have a pet peeve of it just because it's like people try to climb the ladder of ministry success, whatever they think that is. I'm trying to burn that ladder. Because uh, we heard Bishop Tony Miller say it uh, uh, several years ago at the O2 conference. He said, um, some people never become impactful because they're too busy trying to be important. Mm. And he used this illustration of it's not about getting a bigger title. It's about getting a bigger towel mm -hmm. and washing some feet. And I love that because life, especially in the ministry world, again, that's from our perspective. It's what we know. It's not about being famous. It's about being effective. It's about helping people believe they matter. And I truly do not believe that you can be effective in ministering to people when you are constantly uprooting yourself and moving from one place to another. Because scientifically, they tell us that it need, you need about four years to really, truly get to know people. And if you're leaving before that four years is up, you don't really, truly know people. So you really can't truly minister to people. Right. So this is in every aspect right. of life, just specifically, yeah. this is our Yeah, for us, this world. was because we are in the church world and that's how we're coming at it. But really this plays out in a lot of areas in your life. You want to, you know, switch careers. You want to take a new job. Well, man, I feel like God's calling me to this. Well, it could just be a great opportunity for you. Not that necessarily God is calling you to it. It could be, man, we're contemplating a move to, to head to Florida. We just feel God's calling us to head to Florida. Well, no, there's, there's decisions and factors of why that's one of the choices and you just want to take a risk or yeah. you just want to step out. You know, maybe it is stepping out in faith, but it doesn't mean that's so good. It Just because you might be stepping out in faith, that does not mean that that is what God is calling you to do. Like, yeah. Just take a step of faith, do yeah. it. Because what I love and, and the advice I give to people all the time is like you said, you're going to be a called person wherever you're at. And I like to say like, People are blessed no matter where they're at. 
Like mm-hmm. it's not the decision that's blessed. People are blessed. And, and if you think about it, even looking at like Abraham and Lot in scripture in the Old Testament, um, they get to a place and Abraham tells his nephew Lot, say, hey, if you go to the right, I'm going to go to the left. Or, hey, if you want to go to the left, I'm going to go to the right. Because he understood no matter where he went, he was going to be blessed in any decision. And so I know some people, they, they, they try to seek God and they try to pray, you know, what's the most blessed decision for me? When they re- need to realize that they are already blessed, yeah. Regardless of the decisions they make, God's still going to be with them. It ain't like one scenario God's going to like remove His presence from them. Like, no, that's a mm-hmm. promise that He's always going to be with you and never forsake you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're blessed human beings, not that a, a decision's blessed. So I think that's how we come about it. Yeah. And when we're making decisions, uh, another thing I tell people, Isaiah fifty five twelve says um, that you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. So if you're thinking about a decision and you have peace about it, and as you're contemplating making the decision, there's there's joy with it, just make the decision and follow joy and follow peace. Yeah, You don't have to use this wording that, man, well, no, I feel like God's calling me to do this. Mm-hmm. Man, just, just own it for what it is and that God can give you peace about it and just walk in the peace and follow peace. Yeah, and we're not saying that God doesn't open up doors for you and open up opportunities. I also believe that God does close opportunities and close doors for you. But I think God oftentimes works with options and neither option is necessarily better than the other, right? You get two options. Both options are blessed because the destination, like you said, is right. not blessed. Yep. You're blessed. Right. Romans eight twenty eight. in all things, God works for the good. Yes. And like so in all things, whatever it is, if people he's would at work. understand this, that you're not striving for or working for a blessing, you already are a blessing, then any place that you wind up will be blessed because the blessing showed up called you. I love that. You're a blessing. That's so good. And so God often gives us options and it's not, oh, he's calling you one place or another. He's giving you opportunities, which is amazing. You have opportunities. Not everybody has opportunities. You're wanted. That's a cool thing to be wanted, to be getting offers. To, to look at different situations, to look at your finances, say, hey, I need to make this move for money or I need to make this move for margin or I need to make this move for freedom. Whatever it is, it's not necessarily, oh, God's calling me, yeah, to this destination. No, God's calling you to people wherever you are. Right. Just be the blessing. Right. And I think people use this wording of God's calling me because they just want to know, like, man, am I in God's will? Mm-hmm. Am I following what he has, like, for my life? Because at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We know we all want to be in his will, but what many of us might not understand is there's only like six specific things that is God's will for our life. Wow. What a segue. Are we going here? Yeah. Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, we're going to tell you. And it's really that simple. God's will for your life, according to Colossians 317, is whatever. Whatever Whatever you put your hands to do, whatever you find to do, Colossians 317 says, whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. And usually when we tell people this, they're like, wait, so I can go do whatever I want to do. I can go become a, you know, a drug dealer. Well, that would be illegal. So no, you can't do that. Well, you just said God, you can do whatever. Okay, let's preface it. God's will for your life is whatever. But like you said, there are six passages of scripture that tell us what exactly God's will is for our life. We're going to unpack those real quick right here. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, it's these six things. You start us off. Yeah, so 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4, if you want to go look that up and read through that. But basically, the first thing God's will for our life is, is that we are saved. Yeah. 
In other words, that you know Jesus. Right. Yeah. And and saved. And, and again, I think you've heard us mention yeah. this before, this idea of salvation and being saved. It's the Greek word sozo. And it just means to be made heal, be made complete, be made whole. Yeah. And that's what God's will for our life is, and to it, be whole, healed, and complete. And this is not for and an that afterlife. Happens through Jesus when we receive him and be, believe and activate that in our life by faith for now. Yep. I won't need to be healed and made whole and made complete one day in heaven. I will already be all those things. I need that right now in my life today. Yep. So this is not for an afterlife decision. This is for a today life decision to bring heaven to earth. It's God's will that you know Jesus. It's number two, it's God's will that you are spirit controlled according to Ephesians 5, 17 through 20. And this is in all areas of our life. Again, this goes back to our initial impulses when we hear news or hear circumstances or get put in situations. How do you respond? Do you have self-control? Right, and I love that, that whole idea of spirit controlled and that Ephesians 5, I think this is where it talks about how we're not to be drunk on wine, but we're to be full of the spirit. And if you parallel those two, you know, when you get... When you get a little intoxicated, right? You you start to speak a little bit more. Your ears open up. You know you start, you know uh, all these different things, right? When you're inebriated, yeah, but you walk different, you think different, you talk, talk different. different. You there's two other yeah. ones. I can't think. I of, can't think of it off the top of my head either. But when we're spirit controlled, we we you walk are different. You think different. You yeah, talk, talk different, different. You see different. Right. You hear different. I just love that analogy. I love that. Sorry, I, I didn't remember all that, but I love it. Number three. And this is out of First Thessalonians four three through seven is that we are to be sanctified, yeah, right. And this is just really the process of becoming more like Jesus. Like it's God's will that we look like Jesus, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, we have to realize First John four tells us that as He is, so are we in the world. Mm -hmm. So we have to wake up to that fact that we're Jesus. So we should probably yeah. live like. And him. it's less about your behavior and more about your beliefs, how mm -hmm. you think about yourself about your sanctification will ultimately change the way that you live more sanctified. The fourth one is, according to 1 Peter 2, 13 through 15, it's God's will that you submit to people in authority over you. This is all things submissive. All of us, all of humanity is to be submissive to someone or something in our lives that you know, right. Respect, all leadership is God given authority. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're in those positions because God put them in those positions and we're to be submissive to those places of authority in our life. And then number five is we are, and this isn't one that we always like to hear, nope. but it's God's will that we suffer for doing good. That's yep. found in first Peter three, 17 through 18. And this idea of suffering, you know, Jesus said that in this world, you will have trouble. Like there are things that we go through that we're going to suffer but he said, but fear not for I've overcome the world. And also, you know, James talks about like this idea of hardship and pain. We go through that because it produces in us perseverance and endurance, you know? And so the, the things that happen to us, um, serve a purpose in our life. Yeah, for sure. And the last one is we'll use this S word just because we've had five S's. It's yeah, God's will it. for you that your supplication, which just means to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Are you the type of person that lives in a way that is always rejoicing and giving thanks for not just the things you have, but for who you are because of Jesus Christ? So God's will for your life is actually quite simple, and it's all scriptural. These six things, it's God's will that you know Jesus, that you live spirit and self-controlled, that you live a life knowing who you are, being sanctified by Christ, that you submit to the leadership, even the leadership that you don't want to submit to, that you suffer for doing good, or in other words, stand up for what you believe in. And number six, that you rejoice, pray, and give thanks in all seasons. 
if those six things line up, then it goes back to Colossians 3.17. God's will for your life is it's whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. Love it. And just remember, you're blessed. It's yep. not the decision. It's not you have to justify it some way. You are a blessed human being. Yeah. So if you want to be a teacher, go be a teacher. Live those six things out and be the blessing to those people in the world. You want to be a politician? Go do it. You want to be a construction worker? Go do it. You want to be a stay-at-home mom? Go do it. You want to be a stay-at-home dad? Go. Whatever you find to do, do it in the name of Jesus by being the blessing to other people. Let's stop using the phrase, God's calling me here, and let's just say what's actually going on. Let's bring the conflict the to a resolution. The frustration to the surface, whatever looking at it is, the opportunity, whatever and celebrate it, is, it, celebrate it. Yes, because it is so much easier to celebrate somebody who leaves you, regardless of what the situation is, when there's truth being established, saying these are the reasons why. Okay, we might disagree with you, but I can at least, man, I can honor the fact that you and respect the fact that you manned up, womaned up, and told what was really going on. And you know what? Usually, most of the frustrations are misconceived perceptions yep. or misinformation from something on both ends both ends are guilty of that so if last week part one was all about things christians should stop saying i'll be praying for you this week part two christians should stop saying i feel god calling me there you have it that's a wrap hopefully you enjoyed it as always you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it 